1: Well, God gave me a word. Actually, coming into conference, it was actually something that I shared at Women's Prayer and on Thursday morning. And uh, I really felt when Pastor Matt asked me what I shared, that, that that was really, uh, God had really just given me the seed of it. But I wanted to share it with you tonight, except the only issue was it was about Bartimaeus. <laughs> and who was at conference, and Pastor Rex preached the roof off Bartimaeus. But hey, I'm coming at you with another version tonight. (laughs) And I know that God has given me something where there was freedom and something that He had broke off from my life. And I know tonight that God wants to set people free in this place, He wants to deal with some stuff that you may have been carrying. So this is version, Carolyn Hale version, not Rex Crane version. But I do recommend you listen to his because it was pretty powerful. (laughs) So why don't we pray? Father, I just thank You for Your Spirit is in this place tonight. Father, I thank You that no one person in this place is not known by You. Holy Spirit, I just thank You that You are moving and that You would touch our hearts, that You would open our ear to hear. Father, I thank You that You're gonna be setting people free tonight, all over this room. God, that freedom is coming, that mindsets are being shifted. Father, where we may have thought that we've been put on the sideline. Father, I thank You that You're here tonight to revive. God, that You're here to call us back to a place. Father, I thank You that doesn't matter what has gone on, You are the great Redeemer, You are the great Restorer. And I just thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. The time, I got to check. All right, there are two miracles that were taking place in Bartimaeus' life in Mark chapter 10. The second miracle was the recovery of his sight, and the first miracle was his deliverance and his freedom. And this is what I want to speak into tonight. See, often when we look at the story of Bartimaeus, we're always at the end of the story that a blind man can now see, but there was a miracle that took place before that blind man could see. What do we know about Bartimaeus? Well, Mark chapter 10, verse 46 says that he was, a, he was blind and that he was a beggar. It says, Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging But I was thinking about it, and blindness does not equal beggar. They're not mutually inclusive. Let's think about it. Helen Keller, American author, political activist, lecturer, blind. Stevie Wonder, singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. Ray Charles. Anybody old enough to know Ray Charles, credited with some soul music? All right, for the more classical people, what about Andre Picelli? Come on. There's some great names here. Blindness did not make Bartimaeus a beggar. He was a beggar because he was part of a system that was identifying him by his condition. Gonna say it again. (laughs) He was a beggar because he was a part of a system that was identifying him by his condition. And it says that he wore a coat, and this is so significant in his story, but his beggar's coat was a government issued coat. They gave him permission to beg. I'm gonna call that government issued coat the spirit of the world. See the spirit of the world wants to give you an identity and wants to define you by a condition, a moment in your life that's gonna cause you to live less than and out of the purposes of God for your life. Luke chapter four eighteen says, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives, miracle number one, and the recovery of sight to the blind. We don't need any more seeing people who are bound. We need people to be set free. And the spirit of the world wants to not just blind you to the purposes of God, but it wants to bring you and crush you into a system and give you an identity that God has not given you. So the real miracle in Bartimaeus' life that day was not that he could see, but it was that he became free. He became free. Amen. 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 2 Corinthians 3.17 says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty, there is power, there is life. Amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love the song we sing. This is a great house to be in. Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty, there is power, there is life. In Jeremiah 29.11 it says that God, we, God knows the thoughts or the thoughts that God has for your life are not evil, but they are to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. So the opposite of being free is to be captive or to be enslaved. And there are two ways that the enemy tries to enslave us that we can see out of the story about Bartimaeus that I want to un, unpack with you in these moments that we have together. And the first one is that He wants to confuse your identity. He wants to give you an identity (laughs) that has not come from God. You know, and if any of us was to to wear a government-issued beggar's coat every day, we will become what it says about us. We have to be incredibly careful about the things that we pick up in the journey of life. Our identity is formed by our beliefs about ourselves, our beliefs about God, and often by (laughs) what other people believe or say that we are. Which is why the devil does not want you to be in the Word of God, because the Bible tells you who you are. I love being a part of a church that's doing the Bible in a year. And you gotta love this, if you haven't started, there are no dates, it just says day one. It just says day one. Day two. So you don't need to know that you're 200 and something days behind because today can be day one. (laughs) So when you read the Word of God, you're going to learn what God says about you. And it's going to be a lot harder for the enemy to give you an identity that has not come from God. I can confidently stand before you today and say that I am not confused about the fact that I am a woman. Anybody else? (laughs) That's because Genesis 1.27 says (laughs) that we are created in the image of God, male and female. He created them. I don't have to worry about the 68 gender identification classifications that somebody wants to define me by or identify me by. I do not have a gender confusion issue because the Word of God tells me who I am and whose I am. But there is an assault on the identity of this generation. Church, we gotta speak up. I think one of the things that Pat said to us, that our silence what well, our silence is denial, our science is accusation. We've got to, or our silence is agreement. We have to speak up. I cannot imagine the future that's ahead when we've got young people choosing one of 68 ways to describe themselves. We gotta be careful that we don't pick up an identity that God has not given us. But in my mid thirties, I did face an identity crisis. I want to speak into this a little bit tonight because you'll see how far I've come. <laughs> so I was, I was raised in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. So I probably went to church twice a Sunday for most of my life. Anybody? I think sometimes when Pastor Matt says things like, it's a miracle I'm in church, I've been there. I grew up in songs that we should never sing. Right? <laughs> But I answered the call of my God answered the call of God on my life in my late teenage years, and I went into full-time ministry, and then I married into a ministry family. And then 14 and a half years later, I was divorced with two kids. Let me tell you, there was a crisis of identity going on in my life. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, it says that Satan is an accuser of the brethren. And it says he actually stands before the the throne of God 24 7 without (laughs) relenting, telling God why he should not extend grace to Carolyn Hale. All day long. And you know we hear that voice. We hear that sometimes through what other people say, but we hear it because we're fully aware of our own failings. We're fully aware of our own shortcomings. We're aware of our own mistakes. And we have to know the authority that we have in God in order to be able to overcome the identity that the the enemy wants to place upon our life. You know, I had a closet full of coats, like Bartimaeus. He had one, but I had a closet full of coats i had a coat of injustice i had a coat of disqualification anybody ever feel that one i am now a divorced creature female there's no coming back from that <laughs> But there was a season in my life where I wore a disqualification everywhere I went. I would slip into churches and it was even well into being married. Richie and I, we, you know, we were saying the other day, we are each other's longest relationship. Way, that's a praised one. <laughs> that God is a redeeming God. But even in those early years in which we were married, I would walk into church and I would feel disqualified. Yet the call of God was burning in my heart, yet I would hear disqualified. I would look around and I'd see other, and I would say, men, men get away with stuff. But <laughs> not the women, right? <laughs> not the women. Wasn't true. It was, just the, it was just the lens that the enemy was coming at me with. It's not true. When nobody gets away from anything. God requires a repentant heart of all of us, right? <laughs> But I was in a place where the things around me were actually confirming the disqualification. You know, so the crowds began to slip away. The invitations began to slip away. The phone calls from friends began to slip away, right? So, so it must be true. Ever been there? It must be true what they think, what they think or what, they, what you think they think. Right, because it's always what you think and we we imagine more than actually is going on. But again, that's just the enemy. He's wanting you to go down a path of thinking. People are thinking about you when they're actually really thinking about themselves. That's really the truth of it. (laughs) I used to say things in counseling like, the whole world hates me. And she says, the whole world doesn't know you. (laughs) But we get into a place where we begin to live under oppression, we live under a belief, we begin to live under an identity that has not come from God. God never defines us by a moment. He doesn't define us by a lack of judgment. He doesn't define us by even our greatest heartbreaks, our greatest disappointments. He will never give you a coat that will put you on the side of the road and turn you into a beggar. He will never do it. He will never do it. But the enemy wants to take the authority that God has given us out of us. And one of the ways he does that is by taking away our identity or confusing our identity so we forget who we are and whose we are. You know, John 8.44 calls Him the father of lies, that there is no truth in Him. There is no truth in what He says. He can only tell you what was. He can't tell you what you are. Only God can tell you what you are and who you are, which is why it's so important that we are in the Word of God. And I'm so thankful for this church because even over the last five years, there has been healing going on in those areas from back over, what, 16 years ago, 17 years ago. And one of the things that I didn't realise in that period of grief was that I had made agreements and that I had made covenants, things that I had spoken out loud <laughs> and I had no understanding of. And we sing a song here that says we've got to come out of agreement with the lie, right? Come out of agreement with the lie that He has left you On your own, and I've got to come into the agreement with the truth that you are who you say you are, (laughs) who you say you are, and I don't know what agreements you got to come out of, but I really Richie and I, I remember first coming in, uh, we first deliverance and freedom night. I didn't grow up in a church, really. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I mean, this is the truth of it. It was a Pentecostal church, but we didn't talk about demons. We actually had a belief. That if you're filled with the Spirit of God, you can't be filled with anything else, right? So we never went there. And so people were living in bondage. So even coming here, the revelation, I don't remember the first night where a Freedom Night, we're both standing there with our arms folded, like, this is this real? Are we really doing this demon thing? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm yeah. on. <laughs> is this surreal? But cementing into the heart of this house, submitting under the pastors, sitting under Pastor Jürgen and Leanne, taught me a new level of authority and it taught me how to come out of agreement with things that I'd said over my life. Even the things that I'd heard other people say about my life that I would say out loud, I was giving voice to that I had to come out of agreement with so that the enemy had no authority over my life. Amen. Galatians 5.1 says this, it says, It is for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And He says, Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. God will never identify you by a moment or an issue or a condition. God wants you and I to live free every day of our life. And when Bartimaeus recognised, this is this is so cool, when Bartimaeus Martime has recognised Jesus as the Messiah. No one told him. He had an awareness in his spirit that Jesus was the Messiah, who was the promised deliverer. He cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus called him to come and it says he jumps up and he takes off, he takes off his beggar's coat. Now when you read the Scripture, it doesn't say Jesus said to him, take off your coat and come here. He took it off first. (laughs) He recognised that the deliverer, the man of freedom has come past his life and he was ready to let go of the containment, let go of the false identity, let go of a coat that had oppressed him and kept him as a beggar for so many years. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And He first took His coat off and then He received His sight. The question is, what is God asking you to take off of your life tonight? There are miracles that people are believing for, but there are identities, (laughs) there are mindsets that are things that you've got to lay down in order to pick up what God is trying to get to you. And the things that he's trying to get to me. And I had to lay down beliefs about myself. I had to lay down identities that I had become so familiar with in my own brokenness and pain to even believe that God would use me again. But as we do that, God rewards us as we will come and we lay our hearts before him. He wants to give you a new cloak. He wants to give you something new. Second Corinthians 5:17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Tonight. The old things, tonight the old things can pass away in your life. For Bartimaeus, the old thing was his beggar's coat and before he met Face to face with Jesus, He took off the old things. He took off an old pattern. He took off a system that wasn't working for Him. And tonight, you're going to have an opportunity to come to God and take off the old way of living, the old way of thinking that is robbing your peace, that is robbing your hope, that is robbing your future, that is robbing your joy. Because God wants to bring liberty and He wants to bring life into your life. So, the third way, the second way, there's only two points. <laughs> The second way if the enemy tries to enslave us is by taking our authority, which is tied into your identity because if he, can, if he can confuse your identity, he can have your authority because our authority comes from knowing who we are in Christ. So you can see why He will ta- assault you, why He will come after you, why He will cause you to pick up something that God does not want you to pick up for your life. Colossians 1.13 says that Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness. Right, this is, a, this is like Spiritual Authority 101. He's done it. Jesus has done it on the cross. He has already broken the power and the authority of darkness over our life. He's already done the hard work. We've actually just got to step into it. The Passion Translation says, He has rescued us from the tyrannical rule of darkness, sometimes it can feel like that kind of in this day and age, the tyrannical rule. And He's translated us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. If we don't know who we are, we will lose our authority. And this is why, you know, in Ephesians one, Paul prays that we would know. Even though Jesus has done it, Paul prays that we would know the exceeding power that we have in Christ, that we would know the greatness of His power towards us who believe, that we would know it, not just hear about it, we would know it and that we would walk in it. And that's one of the anointings that's over this church. When I first went to women's prayer, I was uncomfortable. And that's the truth because I didn't know how to pray in authority. We knew how to pray nice prayers. The weak source prayers, right? (laughs) We call them here. And so I was really uncomfortable. I had to learn a new way of declaring the Word of God over my life. But as I stuck with it, I have seen the power of authority working in my home and in my children in our businesses over our finances because I no longer was sitting over here on the side in weakness I was stepping into the authority that God has given me over all the power of the enemy and I can boldly declare what the Word of God says and we can boldly declare the future of our children. We can boldly declare the men in the house of God. Amen. Or women, whatever you, whatever you have. We've <laughs> got, we got sons. And we have seen God move. We have seen God move. You are in a house that is going to equip you to know. The power's already there. He has already broken the power of the enemy. You're in a place where you're gonna know and you're gonna know how to use it and you're gonna know how to overcome. Ephesians also says that Jesus is seated far above all principality and power and might and dominion and over every name that is named. And Ephesians 2 says that you and I are seated right there with Him. It says that we are seated with Him in the heavenly places, equipped with the same power and the same authority that He has. It's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's the same Holy Spirit. And this is why Satan is after your identity, because if you don't know who you are, you won't know the authority that you have. And God wants not to just heal physical illness like blindness, He wants to break through spiritual blindness and bring us into freedom, bring us into freedom. You and I have the power and the authority to take the Word of God, the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit into every area and every circumstance of our life. And if you don't know how to do it, that's okay. But it's not okay to stay there. And this is an invitation to every woman in this place. And I'm not going to say who doesn't work because I work, but I have shifted my schedule because I needed to learn how to use the authority that God has made available to me. And for every man in this place, you've got men's prayer. These aren't just little prayer meetings. These are authority meetings. <laughs> so we want you to come. Girls, come tomorrow. We're going to be here at 9.30. And we're starting, can I say it? We're starting at 6.30. We're going early, but not too early. (laughs) Come and pray with us. Come and believe God for breakthrough in your life. Come and see God move in your life. And we are just so thankful, honestly, for the anointing that is on Awakened Church to bring transformation, to bring liberty, to bring freedom and to help us to walk in the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. So tonight, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit has located an area in your life where the power of God is not flowing. Maybe He's identified a code that you've been picking up that He is not designed for you to live by. Maybe it was something that was, has happened to you Maybe something people have said over you. But even as I was sharing my own story, maybe there's some, something that you've picked up that, you ha- that has sidelined you in this season of your life. God is here tonight to bring liberty. God is here tonight to bring freedom into your life. And, and it would be my privilege tonight to pray for you. So why don't we just in this place right now, just close our eyes. And just in this moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if, there, if you want to be included in this prayer. And that's just so that I see it and just so that God sees it, I'm done with this. I'm done with living with the beggar's coat. I'm done with living less than what you've called me to be. I am done playing on the sideline of life, being told who I am by a system that is not from God. And if that's you tonight, I just want you to raise your hand up boldly. Yeah, there's hands going up all over this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank You, Jesus. Let's just pray. Father, I just thank You all over this room for every brave person who has raised me. God, I thank You that You are the great liberator. That when You come by, Father, You don't just leave it half done, but You are here tonight to fully and completely bring freedom over every person, over every situation. Father, we thank You that You are the one that speaks truth, that You are the one who speaks life, that You are the one that speaks hope. So Father, tonight in the Name of Jesus, we pull down every lie We pull down every identity that has not come from You. And Father, I just pray all over this room, Holy Spirit, that You would just release a fresh breath over every person, especially those, Lord, that raise their hand, just a fresh breath of Your Holy Spirit. Father, that there would be a shedding tonight, a taking off of old mindsets and old beliefs and old patterns that are of containment. Father, in the name of Jesus tonight, I thank you that there is liberty in this place because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we give you praise tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Why don't we stand to our feet? There are a number of people, actually quite a lot of people, that raise their hand. And, And tonight, if you want someone to pray with you, then we're going to invite you to come forward. But you know, there may be some other people here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Saviour. You've never given your life to Christ. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the free gift of God tonight is eternal life. There is a gift from God for you tonight. You can get your life right with God. You can, you can break off the world's systems. You can break out of that oppression. You can break out of that mindset and know the freedom that God wants to bring into your life tonight. And if that's you, then we would love to pray with you tonight as well.
0: Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen.